I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is good. I'm just that sad. Is really sad. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. This is Big Lane, bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha packs, exploring their F3 experiences, and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. This morning, uh, everyone, we've got the one and only Sparty with us, uh, a PAX member who has taken quite a bit on since uh, kind of diving in from opening up a, uh, a site to uh, helping plan these, uh, I think, marathon or half marathon runs each month. And then uh, obviously the Brick Builder event that was a huge success over this past year. So give a big welcome to Sparty. I guess give us just a little bit of background. You know, who EH you? Uh, what do you remember about your first post and uh, how did you get the name Sparty? Yeah, you bet. Thanks, Pony. Um, so it was two summers ago. Um, I had actually been doing uh, CrossFit at the time for my exercise. And for whatever reason, I was just roaming on Twitter and I saw this video of some guys at Boys Town and uh, Matt Garland was on there aka big one and then tater tot was on there and i saw this guy david screener who is a cfo at a company i used to work for and i'm like what the hell's going on how are these guys all connected and so i must have liked it or something and and i still think that tater tot saw i liked it because then within a few days he reached out to me on facebook and was like hey would you ever want to come out to try f3 i'm like yeah you bet i have no idea what that is and I said, I'm going to be out of town the next two and a half weeks, but when I get back, um, I'll give it a shot. Sure enough, like three weeks later, he followed up. He's like, hey, it's the week. You're going to come out. At the time, Thursdays was my day off of CrossFit. So I, I went out, posted at Futurama. It was uh, Thursday, August 15th. And Polaroid was on the queue. Uh, funny thing was, I thought it was Polaroid's VQ. It was not. He just really butchered the uh, opening statement. Uh, anyway, the workout was uh, pretty brutal. Um, all I remember was doing bear crawls up the hill at Memorial Park. And I was like, I do CrossFit. How is this more difficult than what I've been doing for the last year and a half? And so um, it was a good beatdown. Polaroid definitely kicked our butt. And I think he's actually uh, built himself a nice little reputation of hard workouts. Um, it was one of my favorite things about my first post was um, I was the second to go in the circle because the first person was two-step. Uh, we were there on the same day. Uh, I didn't listen to a word he said. felt really bad. I apologized about a year later because um, I was so concerned about what I was going to say. And uh, I kept trying to push for things that I like or a name that I was hoping would come out of it. So I kept talking about being from South Omaha and playing baseball and Nothing really was coming, and I think Polaroid was getting annoyed, and he just finally was like, what else do you like to do? And I was like, I like to do Spartan races. And he goes, Sparty, there you go. And that was it. And uh, while it was a pretty solid name, I didn't like it for a couple months because of the Y on the end. I don't know why. It made me feel like it was like a childish name. But, um, yeah, I like to do Spartan races, so that's how I got the name. 
Well, it never actually goes how people think it's going to go when they try and name themselves. I know uh, Chicklets will tell the story that whenever he was there, he was throwing out names like Dr. Doom and stuff like that and thought it was going to stick. But then he walked away with Chicklets, so you kind of get what you get. Yeah, and I purposely did not tell him uh, what my nickname really was. Like, everybody up to that point had always called me Woody. And oh, man, may need a revision. <laughs> I know, I, which is, I think, a pretty solid nickname. Um, but I didn't know where that would go. Well, that's awesome, man. Um, thanks for sharing that. I kind of want to ask, where were you at in your life? Um, you know, how are you feeling? Um, I guess before you started F3, if you don't mind kind of sharing where you were at. Yeah, that's a good question. So at the time I had, uh, kind of turned my life around, uh, from a fitness standpoint. So the name Sparty actually, uh, had a deeper meaning. Um, I think it was kind of God's calling. Um, they say in rebirth, you get a new name. And um, Sparty was very fitting because what started me on my fitness journey was some uh, co-workers, uh, mac and cheese being one of them. They did a Spartan race uh, the winter before. And I had been out of shape for about 12 years. And my goal was, I said, I'm doing that race next year, no matter what. And so uh, I started doing some um, exploring of, of what I could do, what I would like. And I ultimately landed on CrossFit. Um, but that was all an attempt to get in shape to do the Spartan race. Um, and then after doing that race, I was just very motivated to continue to, uh, get my body in shape. And so from a fitness standpoint, um, leading up to that first post, uh, I was really heading in the right direction. Uh, things were really good. Um, and as a result, when you start to take care of your body, um, you know, you have more energy, more excitement in your life. Uh, I made my wife and kids a bigger priority. So I was doing really good. Um, and I shared this in a COT where I was incredibly lacking at the time was, was fellowship and friendship. I was, I was a very lonely man. I, I could be in a room and yet feel alone all the time. One of my favorite things to do is go for a drive alone. Um, cause I just, for whatever reason, uh, I started to enjoy the loneliness, but uh, that's where I was. Uh, I was a sad clown. I, I walked around. I think a lot of people thought I was happy and things were going well. And with my family and those relationships, um, they were pretty solid. Uh, beyond that, though, I, I was kind of a drifter. I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing, what I wanted to, to be in life. Um, I never really lost faith in God. Um, I just didn't know what my place was. And, and I didn't know who would be there for me if I needed somebody. I love that. I, you know, um... Just thinking about uh, the people that come into your lives and the the timing, you know, what what Pony left out of your intro is that, um, I mean, you're basically famous uh, for your baseball career too, right? I mean, there's a lot there. But um, thinking about when I first heard the name Mark Wellwood uh, as a as a young man playing pace setter baseball, um, and and you were somebody that I had looked up to, and I remember when you came back. You, sort of into my life through F3, it was sort of like, wait a minute, I know this guy. Like, this is, a, he's a cool guy and he can ball, you know? <laughs> and um, I don't know, it's interesting. Is that how you knew Big One? It was from Paysetter? Is that kind of the connection there? Or um, did you guys stay uh, in Yeah, so it, it was really cool my first post because, yeah, Plague, you were there. And I, I grew up playing football with Plague, if you, if you guys didn't know. And um, Westgate, we're, I think we're the Indians. We're the last Indians team there. And then we became the Wildcats. Um, so I've known, I've known Plague since I was about 10 or 11. I can't remember what year we started. And then Matt Garland and I, a big one, we played baseball for pace setters. So he was a 
three years older than me. I always knew who he was. He was a year behind my brother, so they were good friends. Um, and then Tater Tot, big one and I, we all played at Creighton. Uh, they were ahead of me, though. Uh, so when I got there, they were already done playing baseball. But Tater Tot's involvement with the athletic department and, and always getting the alumni together, I somehow created a relationship with them. I, I don't know what the connection was other than the fact that we played baseball. I just gravitated to the guy's energy and his attitude and really liked him. And so it was kind of funny that he went on a limb and invited me to come out. And I didn't really know him at all uh, or his backstory or anything. I just knew he played baseball at Creighton. And so it was funny. When we first showed up, we took a mosey uh, before the warmerama. And Big One was, like, almost pissed off. He's like, because he, he wasn't the one that got me there. He's like, man, I've been wanting to reach out to you. And uh, so there's some good banter there. But, um, yeah, I've, I've known those guys and, and a lot of people that have been involved mainly through sports. I love it, man. I, I'm super grateful just to have you back in my life for sure. And, you know, something that um, you had mentioned, you talked about, you know, family and just right-sizing priorities. But, um, you know, curious – you know, just as you look back at the last, you know, two and a half years, what, what are some of those memories or conversations or relationships that you feel like really helped you to, you know, kind of flip the script on, on maybe how you were previously doing things? Was it, was it the relationships or maybe just seeing other guys or what was, what was your experience there? Yeah, and so that's where F3 really opened up um, a different part of me and, and, and experience and it was with the fellowship and friends and I think it was right away off the bat. You can see that people were very vulnerable and, and open. Um, it was great because I, I know the path that you had gone down plague. And so to see where your life was at that point, and you were very open to sharing that, um, that made me feel very comfortable as uh, someone that, you know, I, I've had a pretty rough background uh, mentally. And so to hear, you know, not only your story, but then getting to meet. Um, slow pitch, and he was very open. I, I think it was about that time um, that COVID hit. Uh, I started doing a lot of smaller group things and pre-runs with slow pitch and then doing coffee at Khaki's house. That's how I got to know Pony. I mean, up until that point, I never really hung out with him. And so um, getting to talk to people, hearing their stories, hearing how vulnerable, vulnerable they were, and then just receiving text messages, honestly. Um, that was something that seemed so small, but I was like yearning for. Like no guys ever text me to see how I was doing or reaching out. And so when I started having guys, you know, asking me how my day was or, hey, Firewalker is really good at, you know, just sending a text message. You, you did a great job today. Um, those little things went a long way for me. Uh, they built self-confidence. Um, they made me realize that these guys aren't just, you know, some workout buddies. They really care about me and, and my family. I always ask about my family and um, I genuinely had this sense of joy in my life and it just, um, you know, encouraged me to keep coming out. And before you knew it, I, I mean, I was posting every single day, COVID or no COVID. Um, I was always out there. Well, and the thing is, I mean, you kind of hit on it. I feel like all those messages are always so genuine. Um, there's no BS. It's, there's no ego or anything behind uh any of those text messages that you'll receive. It's all genuine guys just care about you, your day, your family, kind of like you hit on. And then you started talking about like, well, yeah, I've got the support system. I, I guess that kind of leads me into my next question for you. You know, you took on some some big steps of opening the combine and then the brick builder. Maybe you can talk about a few of those things that you've, you've done. Like what pushed you in that direction? Like what drove you to go there? And then how has it flourished? You know, maybe just hit on a couple things there. 
Yeah. Um, COVID might've been one of the best things that ever happened in my life. Um, like I mentioned, we started doing small workout groups. So we were always in, you know, groups of eight to 10 guys. We, we followed the 10, 10 people rule. If we had 11 or 12 guys showing up, we'd split up into two groups. And during that time, big one had thrown out the idea of, Hey, what if we open something up at tranquility? And at the time I lived right down the street, I used to play hockey there. And so I started doing pop-ups there on like Thursdays or Fridays. Um, and I get a few guys from Northwest Omaha that would come out and um, it just kind of became a thing that we were doing. Uh, I really loved it. And as we moved out of COVID, I think um, Plague and uh, Tater Todd identified, you know, maybe Sparty's ready to run his own spot. And, and I don't know how we moved it or landed on uh, the location for Combine, but I think it was just a matter of, I was really accelerating at that time um, as far as I was leading a lot during the week. Um, I was getting guys together. I was giving other people opportunities to lead. And I was already just kind of taking on that initial um, step as a site queue. And so I think it was just a very natural and the timing was really good with the Starfish launch of the end of 2020. So uh, it just made sense. Additionally, um, I was a regular. I think the first time I went to Paradise was the day before Thanksgiving. Um, and it, it, that story was funny because I told Tater Tot once, I'm like, hey, I love coffee, but it'd be great if we had like a actual like set discussion about a topic. He's like, dude, we do that. It's called Q Source. So I went to uh, Paradise and I attended Q Source. And I, I think I went like every week for a long time. And I really got into it. And so I, I was really excited when uh, Plague and Tater approached me about not only launching Combine, but attaching a second Q Source option to it. Um, one, I was excited to do it, but two, uh, I had also become very close with Armbar, and he was somebody that went to Paradise every single week, and he had just opened up a site on Wednesdays, and I know it, it hurt really bad for him to have to miss that, but it meant more to be leading a site, and so having guys like him give getting another option to do QSource, um, I just really looked forward to it, and I tried to make the most of the opportunity. It was, it was outstanding. Um, as far as the brick builder, it was uh, also during COVID, I, I'd reached out to Tater Tot and I was like, I'm really struggling, man. There's, uh, there's so much more that I feel I can do or I want to do. Like my, my heart is taking me in a place that I want to, I want to do more in my life. I want to start to build a legacy. Um, and then we had a lot of the, you know, social injustice uh, events going on in the summer. Uh, which started to inspire me. And I got together and sat down with some guys that are some now F3 guys, Softail and uh, Gorgeous George. And I spent a lot of time with these guys that I've known for a real long time. They grew up in North Omaha. And um, I really just wanted to hear their stories and, and hear the pain that they had. And, um, it kind of just inspired me down a path of, I, I wanted to make a difference. I didn't know how or where, but what I was very passionate about was um, helping boys and young men um, whether it's mentorship or just giving them opportunities. And so it started me down this path. And um, I'll never forget, I led one day at Cornhusker Handicap. And in my uh, COT, I said, uh, I'm going to do something and you guys can keep me accountable. I want to create some scholarships for young men in this uh, community. And so that's kind of what just took it off. And what I found is when you believe in something or you have an idea, if you actually say it in front of people, um, you breathe life into it. And so at that point, I really needed to start uh, backing up what I was saying. And, and I think really what was driving this deep down inside was I was so tired of 
sitting on the sidelines and, and having these thoughts and beliefs, like I want things to change, but yet I wasn't doing anything to help the change. And so this is what kind of got me going and um, how it evolved was really cool. I just, I pulled tater tot and wait time aside and I was like, Hey, I saw these guys in South Carolina. They created a scholarship for high school kids. They just do this nine 11 beat down. And they're like, that's really cool. I was like, can we do that? And they're like, sure. And the next thing you know, they're like, you know what? We should bring in big one because Tater Tide always brings in big one. And at the time, Lemon Law was uh, the third FQ. So then we brought him in. And it was like, you know what we should do is we should create a nonprofit. And so we're like, who do we know that's a lawyer? Well, we know a ton. Uh, but we landed on Nodos. And then from there, we were going to create this nonprofit organization. But we had six guys. You need an odd number for voting. And uh, we all we landed on Brazilian. The next thing you know, we have a non a nonprofit organization and and then we planned out the Brick Builder event, which was all intended to raise funds and create scholarship opportunities. I love it, man. I your your passion is so inspiring. And I think um, I wanted to back up a couple uh, clarifying questions. So, so tell us about the the combine, the name. What is, what is uh, what does that mean? Because I don't think it's the farm equipment, but I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, so, how that all came to be is, I like probably most guys when they get a new site, new location, they they probably do some research to see what they can find. And um, so, it's at Kiwit Middle School. And other than the Kiwit name, which is very popular here, I wanted to do something that was linked to the school. And I, I was having trouble finding anything. But what I did know is their nickname is the Colts because um, they're tied to Miller North or their Mustangs. And so right away where my head goes when I hear Colts is Indianapolis Colts. And so I started thinking of like horse names, like Open Range or something. I was like, I don't know anything about horses. This is going to be so stupid. So – Lucas Oil Stadium is the name of the Indianapolis Colts Stadium. I thought that would be a bad name. But something that's very unique to the Indianapolis Colts is they host uh, the NFL Combine every year. And believe it or not, I am a nerd that watches that. I love the draft. I love all those things. And so I thought about it. I'm like, what if we named this the Combine as an opportunity where guys during the week, uh, you know, they, they work hard and, and this is where they come to test their skills. And this will be the place where, uh, we, we bring the hardest workouts and we can see what they're made of. Um, and that's how I, I landed on the combine. And then after Tater Tot kind of gave me a thumbs up, about two days later after I created the Twitter handle, I have all these pictures of like guys jumping or running from the combine. He sends me a picture of a guy pulling a tractor. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> we had two totally different views on what the combine was. Um, and I was like, let me think about it. And after a couple of days, I ended up posting it and I made it like the new uh, emblem of the combine. And I just made up a story that I, I thought was deserving. And I said that that's a picture of wait time, um, pulling, pulling the combine tractor and, and F3 into Omaha and uh, just leading the men. And so that's how we kind of landed there. And then also, um, I think something that we're known for in, in Nebraska um, is we're hardworking people. And so, you know, combine tractors, just farming, it, it all kind of just came together and made sense. But honestly, the origin came from uh, the NFL combine. Which for those of you who are listening and uh, we're not at the actual opening of the combine, it was a very cool premise where we actually did a legit NFL combine. We were doing 
sprints. We were doing cone drills. We were jumping up and touching bars. We were doing long jumps. It was legit. No, that was a that was a lot of fun. And if you I, look I back at the uh, the picture from that day, I wore my old high school football cleats too. <laughs> I don't remember that, but uh, I'm proud of you for doing so. Uh, tell me a little bit about because you, you kind of you, you slid this in there, but but I think. Um, Q source. So I feel like you maybe were even looking for something like that before um, F3 and, and you just really dove right in. And I, I'm just curious your thoughts on like what out of the Q source and free to leave, what have you found to be most impactful um, as far as different topics or concepts that you've learned? Yeah. So one of the great things that I had um, at my employer that helped me, get on my fitness journey was they helped me prioritize my life. And so we talk about Concentrica. Um, that was something that completely changed everything. Uh, you know, creating goals that actually matched my priorities and what that meant for me. And so that sent me on a, a new path in my life. So when I started joining these Q-Source conversations and the whole get right portion really spoke to me. And it made a lot of sense, and, but there was more components to it than just what I had personally known from my own experience. Um, so that was the initial, that was like uh, the fitness part. That's what brought me in. But the glue was how it took it a step further. And what I became so entrenched in and wanting to know more and exploring. And so why I always listen to roundtable podcasts is a lot of times they talk about legacy. And, and I think that's been the one component to that that has just, driven me to uh, be so passionate about QSource. And it's not so much just a legacy. It's like how you build this up of, you know, taking care of yourself so you can take care of others. Now, how do you continue to be consistent and live that way? How do you lead people? And now how do you also bring other people up to lead as well? And then what is the legacy you're leaving behind for those people that, um, that you have been leading and in your family and things like that and in your community? And that's just been a, a huge driving force for everything. And so, man, I think I've gone through like three and a half versions of QSource now. And while the uh, content never changes, uh, the conversations do every time because they're always unique depending upon who's there that day, you know, where they are along in their journey. And so um, it's just, it, it's very motivating and exciting. There's never a QSource I walk away from. And I was like, man, that was a waste of time. Uh, it's always beneficial. I would say the one cool thing, and I think you could really speak to this too, Plague, is there's conversations sometimes where for the first like 15, 20 minutes, it's bouncing around, it's good conversation. And then all of a sudden it just lands on one person who at that, they need something at that time. And it's like their opportunity to like call out is, is hey, I need help with this. Um, and there's multiple examples of this. I don't want to call anybody out and put their business out on the streets, but um, it's just been really cool to see. And like, sometimes I've just been sitting back lately, to just listen and, and kind of observe this and just waiting for like, who's the guy today. Um, but it touches so many people in so many different ways. And it's just a powerful thing that we do that I think is unique and different. Yeah, man, for sure. And the, you know, it's funny cause the, the initial vision for paradise was, was not to work out at all. Uh, was, let's get together, have coffee, and do like a book study. And then the more guys' opinions we got, it was like, well, shouldn't we run or or something? Like, shouldn't we, you know, break a sweat? And uh, I'm so glad we did because I I truly believe, and I, I can't explain it. You know, I don't know the science behind this, but 
when you take a group of guys and work out and you go through something challenging like a beat down and then have a, a discussion like that so much more seems to come out it's like those walls come down and um and yeah it's i've, I've always enjoyed those uh, conversations um something else that's come up recently i wanted to pick your brain on sparty because i know um, a lot of guys have, have talked about this but maybe haven't taken action the way you have but talk to me about um you know you think about family mission um or like you know, I, I know you did have done some really cool things with your kids just throughout the last couple of years trying to really uh, leave that legacy. So talking about those like really proximate relationships, what, what are some things that have just been really practical that you, you've been able to do? Uh, yeah, I would say this started, uh, it been about five to six years ago. Uh, we have twins in the mid, we have four kids. So we have a 10 year old, two seven year olds and a four year old. Um, and when our twins were about one and a half, two, uh, my wife and I, we made a decision. We wanted to make sure that they have uh, their own separate relationships and experiences. We don't want everything we do to be the two of them. We wanted to give them their own attention. And so as they continue to get older, uh, we wanted to split them up and do like dates with our kids. Um, so it became a priority because they were twins and we wanted to separate them. But then it's like, well, we also have a third kid. Why can't we do it with her too? And then we had a fourth kid. So uh, what we've tried to do is really um, identify things that they're passionate about and they like, and we try to make sure that we nurture that. And so it's very different than the way I, I was raised. Um, nothing against my parents, but it was just sports all the time, regardless if I wanted to or not. It was baseball, football, basketball year round. Whereas my kids, I don't want to um, make them have the same experiences because that's what I did. And so finding things that they love. And so like my oldest, she, she, she wants to be a zoologist. She loves animals. And so we always get her into zoo camps. And like her favorite date with me was I took her to breakfast and just the two of us went to the zoo um, because the two of us have never been there together. We put one of our boys into science camp. Um, at the same time, while he was at science camp, our oldest was at zoo camp. Our third boy was at a Creighton basketball camp. And so making sure that we're, letting them know that we support whatever they love and they're passionate about. Um, and then taking the time to make sure that they know that we have our own individual relationships with them. I think one of the greatest compliments you can say about a parent is uh, like my mother-in-law is a great example of this. Every one of her kids thinks that they're her favorite. Um, and, and I think that's a compliment to you being such a great parent that you, your kids feel so loved that they think they're loved more than any of the other ones. And so we try to make sure that, um, even if it's going out of our way, that's a priority for us, that we make sure that we always give them the time that they need and they deserve. And, um, we're always around. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I know, um, yeah, there, there's probably a lot more too out there. I, I'm curious, um, so this is an off-the-cuff question, but just as I'm hearing you talk, I'm wondering sort of what your response might be. So, um, and this happens to Pony all the time, just because he's he's often accelerating faster than other men. But, um, you know, so, so we got this guy, Sparty, right? Super fit, right? When I look at the three apps, I see you accelerating across the board, right? Your fitness is on point, you're building relationships, and then like, third F, right? You're developing your faith and then you're, you're going as far as to create a foundation. And so I imagine that could be intimidating for some guys. Um, but, but what would you say to a guy that's maybe like intimidated by that or that's maybe like, 
feeling down on themselves that, that they aren't doing as much. What would be your sort of insight or encouragement to to keep those guys moving and not not feel um, intimidated by by the things that you're doing so well? Um, one, that's nothing to be intimidated from. Um, it'd be a strange thing, but yeah, if if they're just I would say maybe feeling insecure about where they are and maybe they're not, you know, doing the things that I'm doing. Um, what I'm doing, it's my mission. It's my purpose. Um, I'm on my own journey. I think we all have our own journeys and it just takes certain people uh, a different length of time to find what theirs is. Uh, it could take somebody 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, it doesn't really matter how long it takes them as long as they, they get there. And I think they just need to make sure that they're continuing to uh, work on showing up each and every day, uh, make fitness a priority. Uh, if they do that, the other things will start to come together each, each day. And so give fellowship an opportunity, uh, find what it is that works best for you. Um, for me, I, what I love about my relationships and how I practice fellowship is uh, it's lunches. Um, I had lunch with short sale today. I ate with U-Haul earlier this week. I was with grills last week. Like that's my, my favorite form of fellowship. So whether it's coffee, happy hours, concerts, I know a lot of guys do that. Um, that's, that's not necessarily my favorite piece. So just finding those elements um, of fellowship that make the most sense to you. And then as you, you really start to move towards, you know, what's most important in your life uh, and how does that align with your priorities, eventually you're going to fall on uh, that faith component. And, and like I said, I got very lucky that I had been in F3 for about a year when I discovered it. Uh, that's not a timeline. That's an expectation for everybody. Um, I think as long as you're making a conscious effort to continually move that direction, uh, and we're just not a free uh, fitness group, I think you'll find it. Um, so don't be you know, discouraged if, if you don't know what that purpose is. And to be honest with you, there, there's a lot of components around why and how um, uh, we started the foundation. One of those is I, I really wanted it to be um, something that other guys can see and believe in and inspire them to find what their mission is. Um, they don't need to create scholarships like I did. That was what I was passionate about. But I, I hope what they see is, man, Sparty, he, he saw something he was passionate about. He went and he ran with it. What am I passionate about? And, and maybe be in deep thought about it or talk to guys on a pre-run or a ruck and discover it them for themselves and, and know that uh, what they'll find in that process that I did was while it is my mission, um, there's a lot of other guys that the scholarships is not their mission, but they believe in me. And by believing in me, they're going to help and support me. And, and that's exactly what the PACs will do for you. Um, whatever, whatever it is you want to do. Um, a great, a, some great episodes on Roundtable are some of the guys from St. Louis and the things they've done over the last year. Um, there's multiple guys with multiple missions, and their whole region just rallies around those guys and helps out wherever they can, whether it's, you know, um, they helped build a home or they helped with uh, sex trafficking. Um, that was a big thing in the summer that they helped out with. Um, there was another one just on mental the mental battle. Uh, the things that we do, they were doing the same things. And so just finding out different areas and different ways that you can get involved and, and the PACs will support you, whatever that will be. 
I love that perspective you have about not rushing yourself to find your purpose because, I mean, I can speak to that. I've been, I mean, coming for almost two and a half, three years now, and sometimes I'm still trying to figure out what the hell my purpose is. You know, yeah. but I, I, you know, I hear you like, you know, you get your shield lock. Like I've got my group of guys who hold me accountable to certain things and kind of push me and help me maybe possibly find what my purpose is. Now I'm still fighting my inner battle thinking that my purpose is to make it on tour, but that's not the case. Maybe there's more, uh, there's a more serving purpose out there for me. I'm still trying to figure it out, but having a group of guys that will support you and kind of uh, nourish, you know, whatever thought that you're having there, like in your case, the brick builder, everyone kind of just fell behind it and supported it. And I thought that was amazing. And I love that. That is a model that people can look at. Like, Hey, if you're feeling discouraged or you haven't found it yet, just go try it. Look, look what happens when you just step out and do it. So I love that. I'm super appreciative that you did, you did that. I thought it was a huge success. I thought of a, it was a hell of a beat down to be honest with you. So yeah, I just T-claps you, man. That was all bubbles and khakis. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is so cool is just the, that, that you're, you're serious and intentional about, um, you know, searching within, right? Like you, like you're, you're going to all of these things and participating and then engaging, you know, on your own level. And I think that's, that's a, a place where, um, and you mentioned it, right? If, if F3 is just a, a workout group in the morning and a, and a coffee group, um, then that's what, what you'll get out of it. You'll get some friends and you'll maybe get fitness. But if you want to take it a step further and really develop your mission and develop that third F, um, there's maybe a little bit more sort of thinking and, and time that you need to spend uh, going deeper. So I, I really like that. Um, tell me a little bit, you know, we, we, uh, we've talked through the, the different apps. We've talked through um, a lot of the work that you've done, but I'm curious uh, you know, a lot of guys would say the fellowship is what keeps them coming back. Um, what is it for you? What's, what's the thing that makes you still show up uh, three years later? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I would almost say it's, it's as if I owe F3 something. Um, there's a lot that I've done and there's a lot of support I've got. Um, I spent a lot of time and effort at uh, North Star and North Omaha at Avenue Scholars and trying to create relationships within our community uh, that we can help make an impact. Um, and every step along the way there's been um, support and guys coming out for me. Um, so I almost feel like I, I owe it to the region like I can't just you know be satisfied and quit on them. So I need to continue to, you know, support other people. And um, I think what I look most forward to is, is now I'm no longer a psych you and kind of be a PAX member again, is just getting to have deeper relationships with guys um, and seeing how we can find new ways to impact communities. Um, and not just the communities that I've been, you know, concentrating a lot of my efforts in, but why not the communities that I, I live in um, and in the other PACs. And I know that we're going to continually come across some guys that are newer. Um, they're Millard South crew that are on fire right now. They are really accelerating. And I just, I want to try to be around them and, and be around that energy. Um, because those are the guys that are going to carry us through year four and year five. And so I want to keep coming back because I want to 
maybe be there to, to help support them um, or if there's any advice or anything that I could provide to those guys, I would love to do that. But uh, guys like Escobar, I, I haven't got to know him really well, but man, that, that guy seems pretty amazing. And I think he's going to do great things for F3. And um, by continuing to be involved and showing up, I hope motivates guys like him um, to keep pushing, keep doing this, that this isn't just a summer workout group. Um, keep coming out through the winter. And then, like I said, find that fellowship piece. And then at some point, you're going to follow uh, your heart and you're going to follow, find that faith component too. That's, that's awesome, man. Um, and that kind of leads us into the next question, I guess. You're giving some advice there. What piece of advice would you give the F and G? Uh, you cannot do this alone. Um, one of the coolest things I found, not only, I mean, we could talk about the foundation stuff. I've, I've got a lot of support there, but. I've done some really stupid and crazy things over the last year. Uh, one of them was I ran 50 miles in a weekend. Um, right now I'm training for a marathon. Um, I can tell you, I, I could not do any of this stuff on my own. Um, and I think that's the problem with guys. We have so much pride and ego that we think that uh, we can fix ourselves uh, or we can get through any challenging time by ourselves. Uh, it's really good to be vulnerable and accept help. And so, while you're new to this and everyone tells you to keep coming out, do that, but lean in, um, partner up with somebody or a group because you can't do this alone. And these guys want to help you. So let them. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And that's actually, I just want to remind people, anyone that's listening and you do bring an F and G, I've been trying to challenge people to woodshed not to pair up with your F and G, but kind of send them out to sink or swim, you know, don't pair off with them. They'll, like, they'll find someone to work out with. They'll figure it out. Part of, part of coming to FG is not being with your boys all the time, right? You've got to meet other people. And I think we've kind of gotten the habit, at least at the woodshed, where you bring an FNG, well, they pair off together because they know each other. And that person is really missing out on the component of leaning in onto someone else, right? And so if anyone that goes to the woodshed, I'm challenging you, if you bring an FNG, please fight your temptation to like be the security or safety blanket and like let them kind of figure it out. They'll be okay. I promise. Uh, all right. That's my plug. So you know, go for it. I, I love that you said that because as I, I listen to every one of these episodes and I hear these guys say things about, you know, bringing out an FNG, nothing bothers me more than when somebody brings an FNG and then they just let them go off on their own. I am the complete opposite. <laughs> I found myself uh, like the last three or four times, like an FNG is just like roaming all by themselves. And I just right away, I just go up and pair it with them because they have no idea what the hell they're doing. And so I just, maybe it's a really good opportunity for uh, us to, you know, pair up with those guys so they can get to know someone. But uh, for a long time, I hated it. I'm like, why aren't they with the guy that they brought? Um, but I think you're exactly right. I think it actually does work better that way. What other insider things would you want to share? Any, anything else that you really wish wish you could just get off your chest and share with guys that might be listening that um, would help them maybe find their mission or um, you know take that next step that they're they're needing to take to make life a little more meaningful? Um, I would say that make make three F's a priority. Um, 
and I, I know that we all accelerate at different speeds. Um, but I think the struggle that I've seen with some guys is that have been around longer than me, is they're still working on accelerating uh, their fitness and they do a little bit of fellowship. Um, make all three Fs a priority. Um, and for some reason, it actually really bothered me for a while until I think somebody pulled me aside and it was probably Tater Tot. He, he always adds good perspective and he was like, just remember that we're all, we're all at different points of our journey. Um, but while we all are at different points, if you focus on those three areas, like how can I continue to work in my faith and whether that's, you know, finding that relationship with God, understanding how to pray, um, that could just be a conversation with him. Um, a variety of ways. I think ultimately you'll fall on uh, really what it is you're looking for and what you need. But the guys that are just making the fitness part, um, we're we not 1F, uh, we are not 2F, we're F3. Um, and so I, as much as I used to talk about this and my COTs, I tried to get away from it because I didn't want to be preachy, but I just really want to see guys make that third F uh, priority in their life. Um, but I feel like in order to really get there and make an impact, you still have to take care of the first and second along the way. That's really good, man. Yeah, I, I think I've, I've heard a couple podcasts before where they, you know, Dread and Dark Helmet will talk about it. it's it's F3 and it's fitness, fellowship and faith in, in that order for for a reason as guys are working through um, some things with their journey. Um, but this is awesome, man. I, you know, I know um, I, I mentioned, you know, um, just guys might be insecure around a, a man like Sparty, um, you know, a high, high impact man uh, might make you insecure, but I, I would just encourage you if you're listening and, and you're interested in um, getting to a point where, where Sparty's at, or maybe focusing more on that third F that you would um, just tap them. Uh, next time you see him and, and asking some questions or develop that relationship. It sounds like he's willing to buy lunch um, for anybody that's listening. Oh, wait, I don't know if he said that. No, I'm kidding. But, but uh, <laughs> connect with him. I know Sparty's passionate about, about growing relationships and helping other men grow. So uh, with that, let's do a little name-a-rama. Um, Brandon Flea Hardy, 35, The Plague. The Plague. I am John Whitworth, 30, Pony Express. Pony, Pony Express. Express. And I'm Mark Woe at 37. Sparty. 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 Nice job, brother. Thank you, brother. Thanks Appreciate you very much.